0: Friday, December 17, 2021-17, 53 pints 2 of 2. Start of Part 2 of this entry. Broken into two separate part due to podcasting platform constraints, in order to fully comprehend this entry, reading or listening in entirety is required. While it is nothing short of amazing and fun to kind of do the mutable orgasmic thing or shall I say emulate some form of it like I think I am doing in actuality with my fake pussy and what I do it gets to be a bit time consuming and just plain old after a while. I'd much rather be doing that for a shorter period of time with a fun loving girl whom could relate and traverse gender roles and conditioning with me than to be stuck doing it myself for too long because there is nothing else I can really focus on enjoying at the moment. I really just need and want a girlfriend no so much for just sex but to just feel a deep connection with where sex can be part of it in a way that is so unconventional but the only way I can enjoy it. I want someone to just fill the silence and challenge my perspectives to keep me thinking rather than get lost in my own thoughtful noise to a point where it just seems like it is burning me out to think at all. I am sick of people trying to convince me I am gay and should just settle for a gay lover. I don't want a gay lover and I am sure I could have won any second but in some way for whatever reason that just doesn't completely connect with me. I mean I can dance around a little of it and have a little variety and fantasy with it but the idea of the real thing and the experiences flirting with it in the past and what I see around me today makes me just feel a certain non-starter feeling about it as being any part of my life or any relationship. I just like girls better and relate better. I always did but for many years it was all confused and fucked up by sexual abuse I had from my brother mixed with the horrid state of my childhood and upbringing and the social isolation that all caused that got me so out of touch and underexposed to women for far too long. Now, that some of that has changed and I have had a chance to get close to at least one girl, Tracy, I just feel like that's something I relate to and connect with most of all. Things didn't work out for us for a variety of reasons, but we did share a lot of good and in the course of that and further exposure to women I I just don't feel any real deep-seated feeling like I want a male partner or want a relationship on any romantic level with a man. In fact, I don't really like having many male friends. It's not that I hate men but I just like women more as much as they are often such a pain in the ass in a lot of respects too. My problem is that women like men are conditioned a certain way and while I am a victim of that myself, Since I really started to explore that feminine girl part of me that I like the most and have the most fun making life with it's like women seem to think I am too much like them or something and so they don't like me. They what the rough and tough guy with a 5 o'clock shave and so on. I justify all of that and it's not intentional but I am not going to change who I am just to have a girl either. I can make reasonable accommodations but I am not going to sell out core things that make me who I am just to have a girl like so many of these girls do just to have a man. That's bullshit to me and it's never good, it's always trouble. I can't count the times women have bitched about all these things they say are bad with men yet then turn around and perpetuate it by involving themselves with ugly men and who will be the first to shit on and turn away any man who really is decent and very conventional, unlike me. It doesn't give me much hope I will ever have anybody to share life with. I am feeling like I am doomed to be alone forever until death does me part. It sucks. It's depressing but it's reality and it's not going to change until women change. This is not about me so much as it is the way women refuse to even give a chance for change or something good because they don't want to face their own fallibilities. Nobody is perfect and nothing has to be conventional all the time to be just as valuable if not more so and just as rewarding and meaningful. You can't say this to any woman though. They'll beat you down. Everybody men included will beat you down but the more I live and see and hear the more I am convinced I'm right about what I have said here. I guess all I really have like I wrote earlier is little Hannah and maybe that's all I will ever have. There will always be a certain emptiness in me about it though. I still don't believe it has to be this way or that I deserve this kind of lot in life. I may be imperfect and I've done stupid things but so has everyone else. I know I keep my word, I do my best to make up for my failings when I am aware of them or feel like I have them. I don't cheat people and use people and I try to have a little fun but sometimes I need a little room such as with my girl thing. That's just part of me. I don't feel like it has to be something where I need to commit myself to just being alone or being with some queer guy or some other transgender person or whatever to have a meaningful loving and rewarding relationship. Apparently, everybody else feels this way though so here I am alone. Nobody cares. I could die tomorrow or in the next breath and it would be good riddance to a lot people especially girls I like or have liked. Why shouldn't my feelings and thoughts count too? All this me too mentality is more like only me too the more I see it unravel in society today. Sure there are definitely certain lines people shouldn't cross and violate but then there are times when this shit goes to extremes like it is now more often than not. Today, you as much as look at a girl in a mini skirt and they want to lock you up and assume you want to jump her and will. Never mind the reality that just because you might think or feel something or want something does not necessarily mean you act unconsciously to violate someone. Never mind that a woman wears a miniskirt for a reason no matter what she might say otherwise. That is not a license for a free lunch but it just proves my point that things are not black and white and so simple. This shit today has gotten so bad that I often just fear looking at a girl I like much less saying a word or offering up any clue I like her and think she might be someone I would like to know better and maybe take a stab at a relationship with. I just give up on the whole relationship and girl thing because too many times I am misunderstood and made out to be something I am not. It's not worth it. I can jerk off all day and night on my own if need be and I can love my little Hannah who really does appreciate anything I give her and gives me so much more back than I ever give her little does she know. My sister thinks my girl thing is just some kind of fetish kink that is a choice or somehow by virtue of those semantics something pathological. My girl thing is just part of me that I love the more I get to know and that I was not able to know for so long because of repression created by people and society far out of my control. It will be part of me until I die and while it sometimes can be frustrating, I see no reason why that has to be a sole deciding issue. It's certainly not a choice for me. I've been this way and had that part of me there since as long as I can remember a very little kid although back in those days I had no clue about all the stuff related to gender that I do now. I just knew I liked girl things a lot. I still do and I know why they are just more fun to me and I am more comfortable that way. But again... I still like girls whether or not I became a girl by surgery or not. I have my little boyfriend fantasies with my girl thing sometimes but again, to me being biologically male by nature itself it's just a reflection of the girl part of me and for me I think the best way to build it into a healthy relationship with a girl is to just find a girl who can openly and happily and willingly dance with her own gender roles and play boyfriends so to speak sometimes if need be. I know my position on my girl self sounds crazy but given some of the shit I hear about that people go out of their way to do to have and keep a relationship, many of which happen to be perfectly healthy, I don't feel like I am so different I shouldn't feel like I deserve just as much respect and that the girl part of me is just as legitimate as anything else. This idea that you just wake up one day and decide to be the opposite gender is so ridiculous. Some do this for trendy reasons but the bulk of people don't I would confidently think. The reason I like the girl part of me so much more than the male part of me is because it's just more a reflection of who I am and what I really like and always liked and have such vibrant passion for life with. I will always have a certain masculine element to me because I was wired by nature that way but spiritually somehow a few wires got crossed somehow so there is a more dominant girl part of me that makes me happier the more I acknowledge it and reflect it in my life the way I feel and experience it. This includes wanting a real pussy but I can't afford that or get one so the device I use to emulate one does make a big difference for me. I just never did quite like the dick I was born with because it always was a little out of kilter with that girl in me and while that was obscured for most of my life for a variety of reasons, now it is more clear to me so I write this now because of that. Oh well, I guess this whole girl thing has caused me even more social dysfunction in a way especially as it relates to trying to make friends with women. Yet then, I knew all of this was going to have deep sometimes frustrating implications when I decided very consciously to start to live more in the spirit of the girl I feel inside. I may not do hormones or go so far as some people to become a woman because I feel in a sense I already am a woman or at least there is already a very distinct woman inside of my male body. Yet then I don't always feel so trapped like many do with such a feeling. I do in some regards feel a little trapped in a sense like I wish I had certain features women have naturally but then I can live with getting as close as I can to those features using whatever means I can somewhat naturally to that end. Nature to me just made a mistake I guess with me and nature makes a lot of mistakes and you just have to adapt accordingly. You can never become something you're not. I think some people have this sense that you have to do certain things to equalize or negate natural mistake while for me sometimes I think a lot of overkill results and what you get is a confusing life that overcompensates and likewise never feels quite satisfied. My point is this whole gender thing is more of a social construct than a natural thing and gender really doesn't exist except in one's mind. We are born two different ways in nature, some with a dick and some with a pussy and breasts and some who have both. You can only change some of that or compensate or adapt to some of that, you cannot erase it or all the related psychological tendencies. I think for me at least, the better route to take is to just get as connected to what I feel and like rather than try to just be a certain way because gender construct deems that a certain gender do this or that. There are plenty of very masculine oriented women out there who are not trying to be that way but just seem to grow up that way and find it comfortable to stay that way. All this purposeful ass prancing and feminization stuff people do can go to extremes and often does. I mean in some sense I guess I am guilty myself of trying to mask my own natural born self by using my pussy device to give me the female form, look and experience or sense it does using it. However, I am still very much just like a guy in some ways under certain contexts and all the pussy function I could have otherwise even with surgery isn't going to change that. Trying to feel like you have to change it and trying to change it through overcompensating is just going to lead to a lot of unhappiness and self-directed confusion. Yet then, I never thought I would say or feel like I could want a vagina more than a dick and would have surgery to get a construct of one if I could afford it, and it was not so complicated just in physical terms and practical terms to do. I love my fake pussy the more I use it and it makes me want something closer to the real thing for the same reasons a lot of transgender people want that. I would like to be able to have sex like a woman and the more I experiment using my fake pussy like that whole thing I previously wrote about emulating female orgasmic experience, the more I'd like to try it with something that was physically part of my body using natural means, in this case surgery to construct one out of what's already there. However, I realize that in reality it will still sort of be fake and never achieve the same level or natural being as a biological woman has with her own vagina. I'm not sure everyone who feels like changing over so to speak fully considers this or all the implications you're most definitely going to have doing it whether it be physical or socially or whatever. I don't want hormones because I feel like hormones would change me psychologically in a way that is not natural at all. I'm already girl enough for the girl I feel so putting something like hormones there to do anything that aren't already there doing what they're doing would see too risky for me and be like becoming something I'm not naturally. I am not sure I would like that or shall I say I am pretty sure I would not like that. I'm not a natural nut like many but at some point you have to draw a line like this shit today with the designer babies they are capable of doing if they are allowed to. You can only have so much of your cake and eat it too and it's better probably to not try to have that in the first place and just be true to yourself and what you feel and not tie yourself into something you may regret later but be unable to change it all once it's done. I might also add with all of this I just wrote that what I've written also has the potential to have people assuming well if you're a woman or want to be a woman, you're supposed to want to sleep with a guy or be in relations with a man. And that is so far from reality too. There are plenty of bisexual women out there. In fact there would be more bisexual men I think if it were not so taboo for men. Women are lucky in this sense because for women to be bisexual is trendy and even sought after because of all the nonsense in this world and the psyches it creates. For me, I've always been a little bisexual just because of my exploration of my sexuality and the relating identity I had after being sexually abused and questioning everything and also because I went to an all-male high school shortly afterwards and was in general socially stunted just by my childhood and upbringing in addition to what the abuse amplified about all of that too. That said, I know how to get off both ways and it's more a matter of what seems more yourself than what is not. I just never quite feel a connection to the homosexual experience like I do to the straight experience. Yet then I've not had a lot of straight experience because I was and still am so socially awkward and stunted. Yet the more I know and have relations with women and compare notes so to speak, I feel much more natural and comfortable with a woman than I could ever feel with a man or ever felt during my explorations with the homosexual shit I explored with my best friend in high school. Both he and I were lost at the time for different reasons so we just made do. After high school when I was exposed more and more to girls again after four years of complete absence, the more I made connections and felt connections and later realized relationships on some level with them. This obsession other people have always had with me that make them insist time and time again that I am gay and should just live gay because that's what gay people do is such nonsense and ridiculous and comical yet not so funny having to deal with all the time. If I wanted to get a gay man it's easier than ever and I have had plenty make this false assumption over my life and try to reel me in it and so I know enough to say I think I am right about all of this. I think sexuality changes over context and time too so for a time you may prefer one way of intimacy and grow out of it for one reason or anther and swing another way. Gender has nothing to do with that even though sexuality has a lot to do with how gender is realized and expressed and so on. My whole social problem from the get-go with all these issues I'm writing about has just been that I've let myself get pulled into many directions and riddled with too much doubt. I've been too scared to really dig deep into me and just run with what I feel and live the way I want to live. In the course of this, it's like I've had to walk on eggshells all my life when it comes to trying to build relationships. It's like you're damn if you do or don't too many times. If you are straight up honest like I am trying to be writing here you freak people out and yet if you dance around this stuff too much the lies that are allowed to perpetuate soon enough will bite you right back in the ass and ruin it all too when they do, often in a much more ugly way than if you had just been straight up front and the other individual you're interested in would just allow you to be and make an effort to understand and listen and focus on growing together rather than all the petty pretenses people put up to feel good at any expense. I have my boyfriend fantasy sometimes in my girl mode when it gets going strong in me for whatever reason. What girl would not want a boyfriend to fuck her brains out or to suck off? Girls just do that and like that at least some part of that sort of thing. But in reality I never quite feel good with the idea of actually doing it live so to speak in life. I have more fun with the security of the fantasy and a few sex toys any girl could use along with some transverses of gender roles and conditioning to affect the same kind of experience and maybe even make it even more fun having a real person to be intimate with in the first place. How that could be done how the hell I could ever find a girl that could ever dare to do it or want to do it is another story. I've given up hope pretty much that that could ever find a woman who could relate to this admittedly convoluted psyche of mine I'm writing about now. It's frustrating but it's just the way the world is and is conditioned to be. I can't change it, only another person whom I might be interested can change it by changing themselves enough to give it a chance. More often than not, I just feel more and more like that's too much to expect or ask so I am beginning to feel like all I have now in life is going to be a life alone but I could not have a life at all if I had to give up so much of who I really am and live some lie just to have a partner in life to share life with. But I didn't choose life to be this way nor choose to be who I am either in many respects. I just became who I am through the experiences I had growing up and the environment I was in along the way in so many related contexts. So it goes, I guess there is no woman deep enough like this to know it or want it or if there's they just don't want to fool with it either. It's just sad in so many respects having to realize such a good part of me that I can love with a girl self I am realizing and expressing and living as much as I can these days. I mean I know what I am walking into and I know I am setting myself up for a lot of pushback, rejection and right, doomed to live and be alone the rest of whatever life I have left. Yet then I just can't go back or stop. I finally feel like the real me is being realized when before it was so lost and discounted and beat down before. I think it is not so coincidental this is happening now that my brother and mother are out of the picture and I am all on my own once and for all with nobody but me to rely on and live with. I think I let myself get too caught up in their cycle of fear and dependencies on pretense and want for me to be what they wanted versus who I was and could be in pursuit at times. I've been happier overall ever since though I still have my shitty dark moments like this week and so many recently. I'm truly all on my own now and nobody seems to respect that yet so often everybody expects you that because they can't offer up support to you for anything they don't like or agree with. It's so ironic but I don't for a minute doubt this is the root of a lot of my problems moving forward now in life. I'm doing my part but everybody else seems to be wanting to get in the way of that or trying to subvert it or just don't respect that. I can only do so much on my own. I can be only so strong. You can't build a life without tools and tools don't come out of thin air they come from other people around you and lot of other things that influence your access to tools to accomplish this end. Anyone who tries to negate this is just living a lie purposefully or is just plain so stupid they can't connect their own dots and how they got to or didn't get to places in their own life. There are so many universal concepts and realities that are obscured by the context they play out in and the semantics used to discuss them or know them in some structured form to make sense of them. We all need as human souls to make sense of stuff the entire world is built on science and yet science itself is a human construct that is purely subjective in many ways. It is true that certain things in nature just happen over and over again in a certain given way but the reasons behind that are subjective. Nobody really knows why it is our purpose to understand nature in a sense that we can interface within our own lives and how those things affect our life and society so on. It may seem a bit metaphysically deep but it is so simple. Humanity has so many universalities that connect like dots the same way all the time but are often obscured by poor semantics or intentional obfuscation of things to some self-interested human-oriented end. I guess what I just wrote would be more fodder for the shrinks to deem me unfit to think or somehow delusional but their entire profession is built around this, and is often one of the sciences most prone to this sort of bullshit. It's comical the irony. Well, I guess I ended up on another meandering train of deep thought. At least this time it's on paper, so to speak, and I didn't lose it to the silence of solitary life alone and my ears alone. I just find myself thinking deeper these days about a lot of things because I find myself seeing so many dots connecting in so many universal ways it is almost uncanny. I mean, the irrelevance of these connections on their face is so uncanny that you have to wonder if you're not just thinking too much or if you are indeed going crazy. I can't just stop thinking like so many people, especially those mental health people, try to tell you to do. To me that is just somehow idolizing and perpetuating ignorance and I cannot see how that benefits anybody or this world at large in any meaningful way. I think too much of that is going on now to extremes and we have so many corrupt ills in our world and the increasingly caustic problems we have because of it. To me it is indicative of that old favorite 70s 80s motto for the Negro college fund that when a mind is a terrible thing to waste. I guess it's time to get more down to earth and shut down these deeper trains of thought I am writing. It is almost midnight already and I am not sure why the hell I even bothered to write it all tonight. I kind of fell out of habit of daily writing in these journals a long time ago and wanted to come back to a more regular exercise of writing my thoughts and feelings in the moment again. However, it seems like life has become so menial and riddled with such petty distractions down to having to worry about where the next cigarette butt will come from when I run out of them because I don't even have a dime for anything on a daily basis and have to deal with this shit month after month. It has only gotten worse over the years too. Because of these facts, like so many other things, it seems almost like what's the point of documenting anything about myself because it doesn't and will never keep the lights on or provide me with a cigarette but to hold off a more raw human thing that I am not willing to give up just because I like a little sin like everybody else and it happens not to be as trendy and acceptable as everybody else's own sins and addictions. Hell most people will never admit they have any at all and they never want to do the numbers so to speak when they try to use that as a means to say you have nothing because you waste all your money on that stuff. They always squirm like rats in a science lab being probed with electrical shocks when forced to prove their legitimacy over my own. It always come down to this. Sometimes when I really want to shut people up because I am tired of their buck dance and gristle the best way that never fails and force them to do the numbers because you know they can't and they know it and it's almost comical how they will most often shut the fuck up real quick when they know they'll have to prove your point to themselves for you because they can't get out of the lie they're trying to tell to so doubt about your own feelings or thoughts. Sometimes it's funny to just do this for shits and giggles to see people squirm like idiots because they're so fucking annoying they deserve to feel and look like the fools that they are. To put it more specifically about my sin with smoking, I know it's going to kill me someday and I shouldn't do it but hey it's one small enjoyment for me now and I'll deal with it as I may. How is that any different from the money someone else saying this is wasting which oftentimes is 10 times or more than what you spend on cigarettes for shit like fast food and fancy coffee or whatever any different. All that shit is going to kill you just as much and all of it has its own just as relevant and notoriously ill effects on everybody else in some way as you're smoking a cigarette or whatever. I'm so tired of these double standards and bullshit with people and it seems like they're making a cottage industry today to profit from it somehow in some way, a select few. Damn if I'm going to take that shit off anybody anymore. I've taken enough and their dirty little habits have affected me in a lot more nefarious ways than anything I've ever done or will ever do. Everybody today wants to create an adversarial environment to live in, and it's killing this entire world and this country I live in for sure. There is a time and place to be adversarial but to outright make every attempt to make every aspect of life that way like people are doing today is just beyond me and will end this world someday as we know it and suck every ounce of humanity out of it whether they deserve it or not. Furthermore, people who do this only get back what they put in more adversarial response to it. It's simple human nature. Defiance breeds defiance and a genuine effort to understand and respect and peacefully coexist will breed more of the same. Why is that so damn difficult for people to understand these days? You have to see and listen before you can know. You have to think too. Knowledge and understanding can't be served up like a Big Mac like people want it instantly today with everything. I'm so sick of this shit. A lot of my own personal problems getting my own life straight and finding some security and peaceful coexistence for myself is impacted largely by all this shit which is far out of my control in many respects. The only way to be out of its ugly grip is to die or for people to stop doing it and change collectively the way world coexists to change this reality. There are like I think myself and have written about myself here tonight certain inalienable, self-centered rights as a human being but because we are human souls in a world of other human souls, we all have a certain collective rule we have to live by that respects that we have to work together to live together and to live individually too. You can't have it just one way or negate the individual over the collective. There has to be a reasonable and fair balance and without it you'll end up with social and cultural anarchy like we are approaching today without it at least in America. The only people interested in having anarchy and who promote stuff that perpetrates and ensures that are a select few and deliberately hiding in the shadows waiting to sow undeserved, selfish profit from all of this division. Steve Bannon, Trump's second-hand man, is a good example of the assholes who seek only one thing profit from division. They'll do anything and have done so much ill already just to profit selfishly from it. Yet these dumbass people and cannot seem to grasp how clearly this is true and he is so audacious he does this stuff in broad wide open view. He doesn't even try to hide it. I amazes me yet doesn't how stupid people allow themselves to be and who by being such play right into the game willingly even when they are fucking themselves while doing it. It makes me so ill that I often don't want to turn on the news because it is riddled with this reality so much every day on so many levels. I listen to fairly balanced sources of news and opinion so it's not like with people who knowingly and willfully drown their own intelligence with stuff like Newsmax and Fox News. That stuff is pure nonsense and more akin to infotainment than possessing any redeeming quality at all. As some famous US Supreme Court justice once said about pornography, it... He says no socially redeeming quality is just prurient interested. It was something along those lines. I may have quoted it badly. As I recall the irony of all the Supreme Court case I mentioned is it was that a justice that was known to be a very liberal justice, and even he saw no redeeming value. He just saw the relevant facts surrounding the implications of how it was governed under law given the context of the U.S. Constitution. Yet today you have this cottage industry of nuts usually gun nuts but now a lot trump nuts who parade around like they're superior and are constitutionalists. You could make a full-fledged tv sitcom or series about these dumb asses and this dumb ass pseudo logic today and those dumb asses would probably find it just as funny if not more so than the rest of people because they'd be getting the real thing they wanted most attention for and to themselves a certain legitimacy they don't deserve that is very dangerous to the very constitution that would allow it. Yet I am not supposed to think about stuff like this. I had one of those mental health greenhorns try to tell me that when I mentioned something related to all of this, it's comical. That stuff I shouldn't be thinking about is the very stuff that is causing a lot of the problems I am having living my own personal life. It all flows down and throughout everything, and to ignore that reality is delusion by the very definition those very mental health people say they ascribe to and want to prevent. I guess this is why I am writing so much every time I sit down to write here lately, especially. This is also why I am so despondent about life and the future and everything. How the hell am I supposed to live when people are so unwilling to acknowledge the ills of things and thus never fight like hell to change things so they are less ill so I don't have to suffer like so many others because they aren't being changed or addressed. To me thumping the same old Bible every day without living by its own edicts or demonstrations of good versus bad virtue is akin to going to church every day and thumping the same old Bible with a lot like-minded people and a sweet-talking preacher people like to hear but then going home all week top spend with a whore working the streets for a dollar to get off quick and easy and walk away from responsibility in the same sentence. It's buck dance and gristle like I've been saying a lot lately about a lot of things. It's one of those universal things semantically that address so many much deeper things often obscured by overly confusing if not downright ugly and poorly used semantics. Sometimes it's best to say things straight and pure in language that anybody can understand on a very personal level somehow, something they can relate to right in their own lives and the pocket of their own pants so to speak. Why is that so hard for some people to get? It's not rocket science and you don't have to be pedigreed with a doctorate in something to know that much if you have lived long enough and especially if you've lived like I have had too much of my life and seen what I've seen. I am pretty damn sure I am not the only one or some special one either. I think this world just loves to drown out truths especially when they're not black and white and make people uncomfortable because they conflict with selfishly designed personally convictions. I have to laugh in a way about all this shit I am writing tonight. Maybe this is precisely why people don't like me even more so why I can't find a girl to date much less ever connect with the girls I for some reason tend to be attracted to the most who are usually very young and untainted yet. I think that tendency comes from my own social stuntedness as I referred to earlier in my writing tonight. It's not like I am some pervert out there trying to exploit stupid young girls. I genuinely find certain things in the young girls I've liked and for whatever reason it gives me life and passion sometimes on different levels not always so much a sexual one like some people may assume or want to claim is the real reason. A part of me never had a chance to live the life and relate to those kinds of girls in my time so I am missing that and then in a way I know this fact and that it's not always good or ever good to try to reclaim things but in a way when you feel something you feel something and when it is genuine, why does what amounts to an arbitrary thing such as age have to always be a deciding factor or a line you don't cross? What I think is more important is how one acts upon what they know in general whether they should not. Just because you have the power or ability to do something, doesn't mean you're should or that you can affect the most good from it. Sometimes you just need to share the living experience to know it better and maybe offer up a willing participant a little something you have that they may not and together the two of you can share something meaningful and grow. Isn't that the whole point of love in the first place or any relationship for that matter? I'm always sort of doubting myself because of this shit and I always try to know what every implication could be of me pursing some girl younger than me especially when I sense a chance I can have something if I play the cards right. The last thing I ever have wanted to do is exploit anyone or knowingly violate someone's show and just cut and run and take it all for myself. Needless to say all this deep shit always gets lost most of the time with my little forays into the idea maybe I could somehow overcome the social debacle state by just being honest and straight and feeling like I have complete control over my feelings so I would never fall prey to doing some stupid, damaging or just plain bad. One reason I walked out on that Wawa girl Caitlin is because of this fact. The irony is, the other girl there I knew much longer, who was for a time frustrated with me and I was frustrated with, actually did give me a chance by accepting something I made for her to address all this sort of stuff, and it was a good thing after all to my own surprise. So much weight was lifted, and I could let go yet feel such a deep connection and see such a different beauty in this girl ever since. She never once said a thing about what I did other than to let me know it was okay when I asked about it. I mean, I am sure she got it and have had peace with it all ever since. Now that I fucked up things apparently with Caitlyn, I will never see this other girl again because she's just about finished with college and I know sooner or later she'll disappear. She doesn't want to be making subs the rest of her life, part of the original reason I did like her a lot in the first place once I started to know her more after my first initial attraction. I never once thought I'd ever have peace and suddenly I did. I am grateful for that. The last time I saw her before the Caitlyn debacle unfolded, I had this weird but almost beautiful experience too. It ended on that note I guess. She looked so different and I could sense already how she was getting older and changing and that night I last saw her I could almost imagine without a doubt a candlelight dinner with her for example just talking if things could be different. She would probably do it too but it wasn't our time or place so it was just a dream but she still had such an unforgettable glow I still recall that continues to give me this deep sense of peace and grace and was so beautiful in a way that defies true words. I really never expected that ever especially the way things seemed before I did that little thing I did and shared it with her. I guess for my own personal reason, I need to just mention her name as I know it which is Kim. It's sort of funny in a way every time I think about it like now. Why didn't I just do this thing I did at the first sign of stress between us? I'll never know why really but at least we part ways in grace. That's all I wanted most of all if nothing else. That's also why the Caitlin debacle nags at me a lot sometimes we could have had grace too but somehow we couldn't and didn't and never will. Caitlin will just be another fuzzy aside sooner or later lost in all the noise of loss and failure in annals of history of my life as it plays out until the very end. I will never have peace with that. It's all comical to all of this because somehow I ended up having all this metaphysical experience of sorts at a fucking quick mart I just used to frequent for daily coffee and also the one they both worked at because it was a little further away from where I live outside the grips of the ghetto urban nuances here I hate so much. I. T would have been easier to do like most people do and just ask a girl on a fucking date or go to a bar and meet girls and do the same but no with me. I always have to fuck it up and make it complicated even when I don't realize it at first. It's another one of those things that would be great fodder for some kind of dramatic piece or sitcom or something. Gosh, my life has to be so littered with unconventional shit not just shit but always unconventional deep metaphysical shit that hangs around in the air like swamp gas in a noxious swamp during 110 degree weather in the middle of August. It gets in everything somehow even when you get out and lingers for a long time until finally you just don't notice it anymore and it's just gone. Well, I won't ever forget Kim for the reasons noted. Caitlin, well we never connected so much enough to feel certain I won't forget her and in many was want to forget her now. I didn't listen to my gut telling me the first time we spoke not to go there when I started to feel an instant kind of attraction to Caitlin the way we spoke to each other and how I felt about what she shared with me. It was a lot of things my gut could feel about her that she never said. There were a lot of tiny little seemingly trivial things about her that were so deeply telling about who she was and is. I seem to connect on a level that scares most people as it is because I read people not by what they say or how they try to look but what I see between the fine lines and through those tiny seemingly irrelevant things they do and how they act. Girls are always wanting to hide something on the romantic level obviously like most people, even guys. So when they figure out someone like me likes them and they like me initially they then start to get funky and then I know they know I know them and they can't hide from them despite what I may say or project. It's comical in a way. It's not like I intentionally do this stuff it's just the way I am and has served me well and protected me from a lot of nasty shit in life. My gut way of sensing and knowing people like with girls seems to make girls fear me the most when they realize they can't hide from me, can't hide anything. I may not always say certain things or acknowledge certain things or even pay homage to certain instincts I have for one reason or another but I see what I see and could easily manipulate what I see if I wanted to. Of course, unlike most men I don't want to do that with a girl or anyone for that matter just to serve some selfish end. Of course girls seem to think the opposite. They tend to be more gut-oriented in their instincts than men who act more on raw impulse to feed their desires. Most men, especially these days, could care less in many ways about really knowing a person in a romantic sense they just want an easy fuck and no bills to pay for it. I am not saying all men are this way but too many are. It's so much so that girls have become conditioned to that and anyone who defies that model scares the shit out of them because people don't like to show their most intimate fears to just anybody they try to create a way to make their rejection based in these fears more plausible and easily acceptable. It sucks. I wish I was a wham-bam kind of man and was happy with lying my way into bed and skirting my way out of commitment to the next easy target. I just can't be that way though I know how it feels to be violated and I don't want to become an abuser because I was abused myself or violated myself, and thus know how to it's done. I got accused in a way of being a cold-blooded predator recently once with this girl I genuinely did like a lot and have some basic care for as a human soul, especially when I was attracted to. I did nothing to deserve this. I made some stupid mistakes granted but I didn't deserve being vilified like I was in this girl's mind. For shits and giggles recently, I saw she was on Instagram so I added her to follow not because I wanted to fuck with her or was obsessed with her so much as I just wanted to at least see how she was doing and how life was playing out for her. I also came to the sense about this girl I just mentioned Hannah that maybe a lot of this shit I had with her has to do with some secret sexual abuse she has in her life that she's never dealt with at all and that happened at a very young age, given her current age now. I say this because of other tiny seemingly irrelevant details that together build a certain sense of certainty there is something she is hiding and the way she is will do anything to do it. I didn't really see this at first with her so my first reactions to how I was treated by her when things bombed so quickly with us, I got lost in a sort of obsession that was very emotional to me because of my own want not to be an abuser or violate someone. I know firsthand how personal abuse and violation of me has affected my own life with the abuse I have, but have in many ways finally acknowledged and dealt with on a lot of levels. Hannah got this idea I was out to get her at any cost and I just wanted to get her in bed. Yet she refused to confront me and just say anything or try to communicate anything on her own terms by herself. She had many ways to do this. It was not like she had to do this face-to-face if she didn't want to. However, she didn't do it and needed to and so much damage occurred for all of us because of that fact, as I reflect on it now and even then in the moment to some extent. Granted at first with Hannah, I was like a little kid because of my own repressions and dysfunctions in my own life growing up that I kind of went overboard with infatuation that had a very strong sexual element there that I was stupid enough to allow to be known too quickly although never in a way like grabbing ass or indecent proposals I might have to add. Hannah just did everything to negate her own responsibility to at least say something to me or let me know in some way herself how she felt. I couldn't read minds and should have been expected to read minds. I certainly shouldn't have been treated like I was crazy or some freak because I didn't take lead when she herself had some girl she knew randomly out of blue look me up on social media and contact me also accusing me of shit when she never met me or knew me or had it any right to make any judgments about me or for Hannah herself. I went through a lot of unnecessary emotional distress and pain for all of this shit with Hannah, and I didn't deserve that. Yet at the time I just dealt with it because I really did care on some level about Hannah because I did genuinely like her and wanted to know her better. It wasn't really about just getting a date or getting in sack. I never really is with me but then I have a certain runaway romanticism sometimes. I don't feel like I should have to pay so harshly for that just because I make a few mistakes or like a person and just don't know them. How the hell can you not make mistakes or not fall prey to bad habits or misunderstandings or runaway romanticism when you can't communicate and get to know something by doing so? Needless to say, Hannah has done things I know about, little tidbits I've seen or dug up purposefully looking to figure the real reasons behind all of this shit I had with her and why it turned out to be such a mess. The things she's most notably done indicate clearly she'll go to any means to be part of something, be part of the club, and will do anything to hide certain things that seem completely ridiculous for a person like her to be going out of her way to hide. I mean, I realize there are times you do certain things for good reasons, but even then, you do should know well enough how to do them well rather than just do this stuff so recklessly and carelessly that a three year old could figure it out something wasn't adding up and there was some deeper, more nefarious thing that the person is trying to hide that is driving all of this nonsense. I just feel sorry for Hannah now. That's really the reason I wanted to kind of keep tabs on her from afar so to speak. I think she has some seriously deep wounds that are going to ultimately ruin her life the longer she negates their existence and refuses to face them down and deal with them. I realize there is little I can do about it myself and I have no standing to do anything but then just following someone on Instagram who has a public profile open to anyone and knows that and that happens to be simply a damn profile related to her career which in her case is real estate right now. I don't obsess too much about the Hannah thing now but I just happened to notice she blocked me so she must have had that mentality of hers about me kicking yet again. I guess that is what was so nagging for me. It's like I find myself in this position so much with people I really do like and care for and it all gets lost in nonsense like this when if this stuff was not in the way, something good could be realized and share. It might not be what you initially thought it could be or would be but it can be something good. I think if none of this other shit was in the way, I could have kept some small connection with Hannah and we could have had some small but meaningful understanding that would have been good for us especially in light of what I think is behind all that other stuff. Yet again, I realize I can't save the world or a single person in it. They have to do that for themselves by their own terms. Anything else is a recipe for disaster of one variety or another. I just mentioned Hannah abruptly here in the course of writing this other stuff because I have yet to write about it in this journal so it just seemed to fit in a way with the train of thought I was already one so I put it here. I might also add that one reason I named little Hannah the way I did is because big Hannah never left me I could never love her she could never love me but little Hannah had so many of the similar qualities that drew me to big Hannah so in a certain respect and love for big Hannah I named little Hannah that way as one piece of memory I could keep and grow with if not with the larger Hannah herself. Maybe this sounds ridiculously deep but that is honest to God the reason why I named little Hannah the way I did she showed up on my doorstep almost exactly a year after the debacle with Big Hannah and at the time I had not fully discharged my attachment to Big Hannah and all that happened. It's almost comical in a way, I shudder to think how Big Hannah would contort her thinking even more against me if she did know about my feline and my name for her. I just notice little details and connect dots and when I sense a pattern then I dig deeper and put together more little dots most people would write off as nothing and usually it begins to tell a true story nobody knew but the person at hand in this case Big Hannah. I don't think Big Hannah has told anybody about this dirty secret she has been hiding all her life it seems. I wonder if she'll leave realize this and do something about it and face it. It's just sad. Hannah was really never was a bad person but then we were not compatible either yet then I still saw such a certain beautiful playful innocence in her that was just completely addictive for me as my own life is riddled with such dirty intrusion and guilt. I was able to grab a few photos of Hannah's profile before she took it down and there is this one in particular that someone took that captures her the best and that I hold dear to my heart having the luck to find and keep. It is so simple yet captures everything that drew me to her in the first place. Yet then on top of it, she'd probably disown me and hate me to death if she knew I had it. I look at occasionally because I can't just forget her. She reached a part of me a pure genuinely pristine yet crazy part of me and set it free and while I was so recklessly in a way with it I never had that before I met her a girl do that like she did for me when I first met her. It was shortly after my mother had just died and the day I met her, my brother had berated me into oblivion with his own abusive ways, like he ultimately also did all of my childhood in so many ways, and Hannah well she was all mine out of his reach. Hannah was brought out a pure part of me untainted and disgraced or discounted. She gave me life and energy and hope. Maybe it was misguided in a way but the point is it was all an honestly genuine act or thing it was never some diseased extension of some deep human fault like it ultimately was made out to be in Hannah's own mind than those of her friends who egged that idea on and who never met me or knew me or gave me a chance to defend myself against. My first experience with a girl I liked when I was a little kid was horrid, beyond horrid for anybody. It is almost hard to write about it but I will for the sake of not letting it go unsaid and also because it illustrates why I feel and think about all of this stuff with Hannah the way I do and on a large scale about a lot of things regarding relationships in general. My brother made me watch as he and his friend duped a very young girl, one my age, to allow them well more like my brother, but his friend was there, put a firecracker in her vagina. The little girl knew it was wrong then and there I was forced to watch this unable to do or say or stop anything. I can still vividly recall it to this day. Thankfully, her mother must have been told something and saw it for what it really was and she never let the little girl come around me again not because of me but for her fear that my brother would do this shit again. Of course as a little kid I was you don't really so clearly think in those terms. You just know you lost a little girl you liked a lot and you can't understand why it was so funny to your own brother to stick a firecracker where to just for the fun of it. I still don't understand that to this day. That is so sick and pathological even for a young kid he was. Normal people just don't do shit like my brother did. They certainly don't do shit like that and make their own brother watch the little girl who was his friend go through this powerless to stop it and just laugh about it and have no conscience about it. Yet then Hannah was making me out to be this sort of person so that's why I write what about that issue. Someone did in fact abuse Hannah I think for sure and I do without a doubt think for whatever reason I am the only one who has ever seen that and she knows I saw it and thus the story goes the way it does. I think in a lot of ways as I reflect on all of this including my own experiences, a lot of my own sexual dysfunction I've had to deal with all my life and sexual identity issues too, go way back this event that happened in my own life at such a young age. I don't want to get into another side track ramble and meandering train of thought again like I just did with this Hannah thing but I think it has a lot to do with it that's all I can say. The girl thing though, ironically, seems so natural as it did the first time I experienced when I was even a younger kid and in many ways I have little guilt or sense of despair or doubt about that. That's the funny thing about it all. I mean I have my usual doubts like people have about unconventional things but not like the doubts and dysfunctions I have with sexuality and sexual identity so much of my life. Needless to say I guess I got off track from where I was going before all of this so let me get back to where I was or try to. I have problems with relating to girls or shall I say they seem to have trouble relating to me on a level that I can relate to and so much dysfunction results is because girls are hiding certain things like everybody does. Girls tend to be more instinctual about how they know people like I am myself, and so when I like a girl, I am reading her like a girl would read her and know her, and they are no use to that. Girls are conditioned a certain way like guys are, and I seem to defy all convention in general, and especially on this level where I see through bullshit and it does affect how I judge and do things, and so on. Whereas most guys just want a wham bam slack cracking springer hookup with no responsibility or commitment to much else deeper. Most men could care less. They'll tell people anything to get what they want in bed and women are more touch-feely and don't want that but settle for it because like with all human things everybody needs a good fuck sometimes to release certain tensions and keep a certain level of sexual health. I just don't play in a way that women like. Most other guys too. Add in all the other unconventional factors about me who I have become more often than not seems like an instant recipe for something very bad in the end if it even gets to first base in the first place. I'm so sick of it but I can't be someone I am not and there are certain things I am not going to sell out of myself just to have something for the sake of having something somebody else has. In other words I have no desire and do give a damn about keeping up with the Jones. Caitlin kind of seems upon reflection, a lot like most women I am writing about and in her case maybe even more so coming from a more blue-collar sort of reality than a more intellectually oriented woman. Yet to me I saw so much in her in a way despite that. I mean in some way she was that way very much and yet in some way she was such a beautiful sweet soul who really did care and want more out of life and people than just anything she could get or have. She seemed like she wanted to rise above her lot so to speak and build better than from where she came. That is why I did put aside my initial voice inside telling me not to go there with her and not to give any attachment to her or let myself feel anything. I already saw seemingly polar qualities in her that would make compatibility questionable so it wasn't like I was blind to the reality that we are very different people from very different experiences in life. Yet then she was so alone and gasping for the very things I have been myself it seemed. She as much as came out and said that in a matter of words more than once when we talked. She's the one that sought me out. I had one initial experience with her months ago and wrote her off because of my gut instincts and the fact that I didn't want to bring myself down worrying about nothing. I really don't think Caitlin wanted to slam the door in my face like she ultimately did. I think she was frustrated more than mad at me. Yet then she wouldn't talk to me or let me talk to her or trust me enough with anything. She had to get some other girl to tell me not to give her anything again and basically to leave her alone. She couldn't do it herself and if she really felt that way and was confident about that she would have. She knew me enough regardless to know I would leave her alone if she made it clear enough to me to figure out she wanted me to. She never made anything clear. Caitlin started to just sort of leave me hanging in the wind and then I got frustrated and this game started taking on life of its own between us. Finally that night she slammed the door the irony was that I had done a video message for her about all of this trying to salvage something and have some grace and not let things be left hanging. I tried to give it to her and she kept asking what is it and I didn't know what to say because I sensed she didn't trust me and if I said anything it would only make her trust me less so I just told her to watch it. That's all I said. I had given her something before like that she didn't have a problem so I didn't feel like I did something totally out of character or out of line. It wasn't like I was showering her with shit like this either. It had been months since the last time I did something creatively to try to break the log jam and just start communications on a more clear level between us. I knew she was skittish and it was probably because of past bad experiences so I went out of my way to be as patient as I could be even though it sometimes was killing me inside to do it. I mean she was worth something more than just a slack cracking Jerry Springer hookup to me. I thought Caitlin already knew she was worth something to me more than just a convenience. I guess I was wrong. Or maybe the reality was, all she did in fact want is a slack cracking Springer hookup. I guess I will never know, but I refuse to go back and set myself up for some worthless game that will end up badly no matter how you cut the cake. I guess she'll just have to figure that out somehow on her own. It's not my job to think for somebody else and explain things to someone else all the time, especially in a situation like this. I prefer a woman or a girl who cherishes a certain independence without losing the concept of how you can also share a certain healthy mutuality too if you just give it a genuinely good effort. I guess that was my mistake with her, maybe thinking Caitlin already knew this, but then she did finally tell me after months of talking to her that she had a three year old son and she's almost a kid herself, so obviously she had once fucked around and blew life off and it stuck with something she didn't intend or want but had to deal with now. I mean, she never once told me a thing about it for so long. One time in the parking lot, as Caitlin came into work and we caught each other, it was almost like she was about to cry while we were talking, and there was no obvious reason at the time for why. Then, not more than a few days after that, when I bugged her a little by teasing her, she let it intentionally slip out on a whim, as if like accident, that she was off for the weekend to spend with her son. There is no way that was accident, and that explains why she was looking she wanted to cry for no reason a few days before. She thought I would ditch her like trash if I knew she had a kid. It was simple as that. She didn't want me to ditch her. Of course, having a kid changes a lot but it still never made me want to just ditch her. I had just changed the way I had to look at things for her sake as much as my own. If she didn't want me as much as I did her regardless of whether that was a good thing or not she wouldn't have acted this way. Caitlin didn't want to slam the door on me like she did with me. She could have easily banned from the store but notably didn't and it's my thinking she wanted me to stick around while until she could decide what she really wanted in life and in a partner or in me. She really didn't know what she really wanted versus what she could trust she wanted was legitimate and possible though it might not be exactly like she initially thought or anyone could ever guess. Caitlin seemed to think if she left the door open so to speak I would come back and somehow sooner or later things would work themselves out. I refuse to play the game by walking out and never going back, as yet, because I know this and have no doubt it. I don't ever see this being a healthy thing either. Playing games has always led to unnecessarily pain and suffering, especially in my own life. I'm sure it has in her own, so I am not sure why she reverted to something she probably already knows herself is just plain bad, no matter how you cut the cake. I've fallen prey to letting this happen too many times not to know how bad it can and usually is. I couldn't let myself do that again for her sake and my own too. The funny thing is about all of this is to this day. I have no clue why Caitlin was drawn to me in the first place and why she liked me in being so shy and kind of atypical of a girl her age would make such a point to go after me. I mean it's flattering but seriously... It's not that simple and never is especially when so much deep feeling takes root so fast and this instant attachment just grabs a grip on you despite all your best efforts and experience to know how dangerous that can often be. Caitlin for whatever reason just gave me an instant attachment. I was not looking for anybody or anything. In fact I had given up all hope in a way of ever having any kind of relationship at the time when she appeared out of nowhere so to speak. I still don't know I could not just brush away my own inner voice screaming at me when I already knew anyway not to go there feel shit too so soon for anybody regardless of how desperate in a way you might be in need of something you always dreamed of and want. This whole Caitlin thing is just disappointing. It will never be made right and she is gone forever and there is just no grace at all to be had from any of it. Yet there was so much grace and depth there in a way ironically. She was so genuinely different and sweet and lovable and I wanted to be the first one to prove that to her. Why the fuck did I ever let myself fall for that little mental trick one plays with one's self like I guess I ultimately did here. It would be so much easier if she was really in fact just a slack cracking Springer hookup girl who got her rocks off by goatee guys with a jingling sack downstairs an iconoline who could whisk away on a moment's notice to some romantically comical trance-like state of love going to the base pro shop for drinks after a full day at the mud bog with a bunch of simple-minded rednecks. It was like for whatever reason, I feel like somehow Caitlin has realized something in her humble raw form and lowly existence that there is more to life than such simple things and there is some value in a higher state of love and existence. Maybe I am fooled to think this or feel this and maybe it is my own pathetic tendency to fall pretty to human desperation or whatever but I still feel that way about her even in absence. I feel like she has such potential to realize her dreams bigger dreams than anybody else in her life has had besides maybe her own parents but has been held back so much by the people she's been locked into some vicious cycle of social solidarity with on that other lower level. Nobody speaks Caitlin's real language and yet maybe somehow maybe I did unbeknownst to even me then or now. Again, maybe all this hypothetical nonsense is just that and she really is just a slack cracking springer hookup kind of girl. Hell if I will ever know. I can only go by what I know now and feel now. Everything is subject to change upon more experience and information pure evolution itself. Oh well damn. Maybe all of this stuff about Caitlin I am writing is just more fodder for the fact that maybe being the way I am is the real reason no girls like me much and why people in general don't like me or want to be too friendly much less make a point to be closer to me. The irony of all of this relationship stuff, again meandering, I think that other girl I first liked and got all funky with for too long Kim. That I also met at the same place I met Caitlin would be the kind of girl that would relate and we could have some interesting intimacy between us but it all got fucked up too and will never be in yet then too the last time I saw her I actually genuinely felt like I could ask her out to dinner and she'd go and we'd fall in a certain love that would last us a lifetime. The ironies I see in life as much as these other deep things I've written too much about tonight are why I write so much tonight. It's like one thing leads to anther and one thing has to be written to illustrate something otherwise seemly irrelevant. I hope I've written clearly enough in my usual stream consciousness form with these journals that I is not too cumbersome or irking to read. I've read other people that do this but have done I so badly you don't know what the fuck they are doing and just have to close the book and stop reading altogether. My point in meandering is a conscious decision because so much of this is universally connected despite being on its face so different and seemingly unrelated. Yet I admit it can sometimes get cumbersome to follow, and sometimes the most important points get lost in all the convoluted connections. I just notice I stared this journal entry around 7 p.m., and it is now about 3 a.m., and I have written a whopper already—something I never saw coming myself—minus 44 pages for one single journal entry. I would rather meander in my mind in a more sensible, formal way, like I have to, just by virtue of writing, and the way writing is meant to express ideas. The last few weeks I let so much of my deep state thoughts go totally undocumented and they were basically along all these same lines but I just uttered them to myself as I call it by talking to myself. To me that is just thinking outload and I do that more now since I first got ill as they say with mental defect because the silence is never silent anymore ever since the onset of this shit. I used to just think quietly in my own mind. In addition to that, Just being so alone all the time and solitary like I am so much these days just hearing sound in the hair, a human voice that is safe to hear or comforting in some way my own in this case, is better than dead silence alone with the inner voices that have somehow become separate and away from my inner voice itself. I mean it is like there are two sets of inner voices and you know it but because of the stigma and bad assumptions people make especially in the mental health industry about all of this you just tell them you never hear anything and let them think whatever and the whole secretly laugh silently in your own mind because you know you are telling an outright lie you can never reveal because of the threat it will always pose to your own life if you ever do especially with the wrong people like those mental industry people. The funny thing is there is an entire society of people who hear voices as they like to call it and there is plenty of very scientific research out there most of which is not grossly subjective that supports the existence and purely safe and normal nature of this for people who have a brain that does this somehow. Nobody knows why or how exactly but it's not as uncommon or abnormal as it is made out to be. Aside from that fact is the fact that a lot of people just talk to themselves out loud as if talking to someone else just because of the same reasons I'm talking about it. Trying to obscure one's ability to think and realize life by putting them in a fog or zombie-like state and worse yet doing so with so much deeply negative impact on quality of life makes no sense to me and is just plain wrong. It all depends on how people act on voices and they may possess and how it may impact how they relate their own personal reality, which is different for everyone I might add, to a larger collective reality generally accepted for whatever reason, though it too could be very wrong, what reality is. If I were to even remotely challenge any shrink or other person in the mental health industry I've dealt with they would be so quick to be trying to shoot me up the ass with Heldol and or lock me up forever and discount anything and everything I deducted about things from all of this. That's why I never tell them shit about shit and only craft a story that I want them to hear or feel safe for them to contort because it won't come back on my ass somehow and give them any free reign to fuck me over like they will do if you let them and are ever really honest about anything with them. As I have emphasized time and time again, those people in the mental health industry are dangerous people who thrive on control and manipulation of reality to some end usually driven by ego and money or both because one feeds the other. Anyone is a fool not to be on a certain automatic and careful guard dealing with any of those people. The way they treated me is responsible for much of the troubles I have from day one since I first had my experience with bipolar disorder. The disorder I already suspected myself years before but never dared to expose or share because even then I knew how those people were and so I never could ever trust telling them or anybody who trusted them anything. So much could have been avoided and may never have happened in the first place in my life with this shit had it not been for this fact. The mental health industry people cheated so much from me because of their egocentric willful ignorance and disrespect of my own rights and want for a quality of life that was in balance with any treatment I might have for a natural problem that may need at times be managed in some way that may require things like drugs. It was never my want to fight off acceptance of something I already knew. It was my experience of being raped and violated from day one into a deep distrust that I was so angry and bitter I could never trust anybody or rely on anybody to respect me enough to communicate anything much less collaborate effectively in helping myself. I sure as hell didn't want to end up the way I did back when I first fell into full-blown psychosis because of all this shit they did and I knew they would do if I trusted them with anything. All I had was myself and the human want to survive until the bitter end that most people have by nature and so I fought as long as I could not because I wanted to but because I had to give what the alternatives were and which I already knew despite their likely claim I didn't know. It's so simple and yet those mental health industry cult members they seem more and more to me the more I think about it, make every excuse to cover up this fact and obscure this truth if they are ever aware of what I write her and this line of thinking about it all I have now and have had from just about day one too. I shudder to think of all the other people in this world or at least in this country I live in who really do suffer so much just as much as I did because of this shit. All this shit with the mental health industry cult makes me angry and bitter and I will never lose that until I see genuine acknowledgement of this and genuine effort to change this not just more buck dance and gristle talk and diddly squat. I am not accepting more of the same in my life again with those people or anybody else in any other level of life and society who operates like this. I am sick of it. What good will it ever do me? How will that ever be helpful for me? It has destroyed so much of my life needlessly. I'm going to talk about it like I am now and not fear them and just shut up and play into their little blame the victim mentality when all else fails to cover their own responsibilities and ass. If they want to politicize things like everybody seems to want to these days to deflect personal responsibilities I can play just as hard and be really bitter and mean and get just as dirty as need be to make my point and I will do it until a bullet goes in my head and shuts me up or some other form of natural death where I cannot do it anymore. Oh well. I guess I have written enough I think I just wrote a mini book of sorts through no intention of my own but maybe it was good to write after the last few days of twiddling thumbs and feeling so shitty and being so destitute without as much as a cigarette butt much less anything else. It's funny how all this brute force destitution this kind of stuff pushes so many people into sometimes can bring out such a deep state of thinking and realizations about things. I'm not sure some people are very amused when you have to balls to call things out for what they are rather than play conventional buck dance and gristle diddly squat games that allow certain people to perpetuate certain lies so they can profit from it in some selfish way. I'm sorry, I never was an ass kiss kind of person because I don't give a damn about pretenses and convention. There is a time and place for certain ugly things and bad things but when things get to a point of extreme willful encroachment on common decency, Truth and common sense one can't help but rant and rattle cages until people are forced to face their own lies and start listening to someone other than just themselves all the time. I didn't learn a thing in life or evolve my thinking in any good way by just listening to myself and people like me and seeking to feel good about everything in spite of often ugly consequences of doing so. The best teachers I've had have always been real people living real life in often not so perfect form and sometimes on the fringes of the bandwagon comforts. I think today there is a certain element in society that has actively made it a cottage industry and drilled it down to a science the act of duping truth and creating doubt where none would ordinarily exist, and because it wouldn't be there, they would have no power or control they now possess. I guess on this last ramble I will close here. I am now actually feeling a little tired. I guess I push my own mind to limits, and the process has actually tired me out, and I need a break and some sleep. It's funny. This seems to work better than any of those trendy little drugs or exercises and mantras people push so often as the magic cure. For me, it is simply being able to comfortably sit and think and explore my own mind and perspectives and evolve in real time in the process. For me it is an act of deep critical thought. Why shouldn't I do that and do it more especially when I have little else I want to do or need to do otherwise? I write in stream consciousness form knowingly too so this idea I often think some people may try to say is somehow disordered and thus discount as some form of the expression of mental illness or otherwise less or just proves my point I nowhere near as ill or crazy as I've been made out to be so often in my life especially with mental health industry people. They just hate it they can't hide their tricks for me like women hate it that I can see through things they do a lot of times even though it's not because I want to exploit them it's just the way I've always been. I'm sick of people mischaracterizing me and trying to discount me based on those faulty and often ruthlessly dishonest assumptions and pretenses. See ya!